following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys here on DallasCowboys.com and the various streaming platforms. Week 13, episode number 3 of uh, the 2020 season. I say 13, it's week 14, isn't it? It's, it's 14. Yeah. Is it week 14? 14. I'm already yeah. trying to I mean, just it, skip weeks it, it and all go runs back. together at a certain point of the season. I don't want the season to end. You know, yeah. football season's fun. Yeah. It's fun things. But yeah, it's week 14, episode 3 here of Talking Cowboys here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Kyle Yeomans alongside Isaiah Stanback in studio again today. We've got Rob Phillips with a gigantic, very nice-looking Christmas mm. tree in the background. And then we've got Heckma Harrison giving his best effort. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the milk's gone wow. bad. <laughs> That's how, we go. That's how we go. That's how we go. Hey, hey, but just so you know, I'll never cool, do you like that, hey, man. I, I would never do you like that, hey. Yeah, you know? right. You know what I mean? Yeah, just right. Saying. You. It, this is not is not meant to be a competition. This tree thing, I promise. It's, you. No, it's not. Be- it's just it a before and after to picture. Me. It was bequeathed. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, 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 each of you move move aside a little bit and just show these things off. I mean, yeah. Heckman's got his on his desk, and he was the first one to have it. And then Rob was like, oh, I've got one for you, Heckman. Well, I've got oh, one. Heckman my just covered his God. Up. Heckman just covered Look his up. Look at the completely size right of that thing. Heckman just completely yeah. covered his up. His, and Heckman, you covered yours up. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I, no. love I it. mean, he has ornaments and everything on his tree, bro. Yeah. Look at my little naked tree back it's, here. It's cute, though. He's got, look, look at that thing. He, he, he definitely man, has a little gangster lean at the, the top, Christmas though. Spirit, man. Yeah. He got a little gangster lean exactly. at the top. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, well, that's, uh, that's how we're going to start talking Cowboys today, just by a little comparison oh, between Heckma and Rob. Always fun. But uh, the Cowboys were back out on the practice field yesterday. They will be back out there today, following pretty much right when we're done with this show. They'll take the field and, and get back out here at the Star in Frisco. But there was an injury report yesterday, and I just kind of wanted to point this out. Out. Yesterday during the show, uh, I, I mentioned I wouldn't be surprised if Ezekiel Elliott was on that injury report. Mm. Well, he ended up being on the injury report with a bit of a calf, a lingering calf issue. Is that what it was, Rob? And were there any other injuries that stuck out to you off of yesterday's practice? Yeah, it's a calf for Zeke coming out of the game. And uh, the other three players on the report are related to past injuries. Anthony Brown with ribs, uh, limited, would have been limited had they practiced. Zeke would not, or Zeke would have been limited if they had practiced. So the report was an estimation. Uh, Cam Irving would not have practiced, and Donovan Wilson would not have either. So that's, that's a pretty clean injury report, although with a short week, uh, Nostradamus Kyle, I don't know what Zeke's <laughs> status is going to be, you know, because, um, you know, how much work are they really going to get in? They'll probably have a normal practice maybe Friday, uh, but it's kind of that Thanksgiving week where they're just going to try to manage him and see if he can go. 
Heck, is that really a, a big issue this week if, if Zeke's not available? I know recently we've talked about the lack of production and we've talked about uh, really just Zeke not being Zeke in 2020, but how worried does that make you feel against a, a, a very winnable Cincinnati team uh, coming up this weekend if Zeke's not on the field? Now, I want to go to what P said about you being Nostradamus because yesterday <laughs> when you called that out, I mean, it, it came out of left field, really, when you said it. So I think you're really kind of Martha Stewarting the show right now with insider what? information. So no. it's cool. We got to we got, let that. We got to let that slide. No. But you know, it does worry. Told it me. does worry you a little bit. Yeah, of course. I got you, Birdie. Uh, but. You know, I, I'm a little worried about that that injury. I, you know, obviously, hope it's okay. Uh, in, in a game like this and where the season is going for the Dallas Cowboys, it, you know, look, man, you want, may want to get an opportunity to see some other guys if Zeke cannot go. Uh, so, look, it, it's just it's the most 2020 thing that continues to happen is, you know, we get these freak injuries. Guys show up on the uh, on the injury report that you didn't think have that there was anything wrong with them, and Zeke is just another guy uh, in that long line of Cowboys that are injured. Gosh. Yeah, I think he'll be all right. I mean, whatever he has going on, I think it's, it's probably re- relatively minor. Um, if anything, they'll probably just monitor him. You know, like like you already said, Rob, going to, you know, with a short week, making sure that he's good. He's a vet. They know what he could do. I think they probably feel bad and they know they should have kept giving him the ball this past week. <laughs> so they're probably just giving him an extra day off. <laughs> right. Uh, make sure that he's ready to go out here and run against these boys this week. So with, with all that being said, I know a lot of fans out there are looking at this as uh, maybe even a, a, a premature tank move. I mean, sitting your, your veteran God. guys, and I'm not even just talking about Zeke, but I mean, even some of these corners. Anthony Brown, he's been dealing with that issue kind of on and off all year long, and now he's uh, he's back on the injury <laughs> report. Then you talk about Donovan Wilson, a guy who's been an up-and-comer. I don't necessarily think he's one of those guys that you would sit out even if you were trying to tank because you want as many reps for Donovan Wilson as possible, but could you see this as a potential move with Zeke sitting him down for the at least a couple weeks of the rest of the season and getting him ready for 2021 a little bit early? I would I would call it a strategic move if that is what they're doing. I wouldn't call it a tank move. The tank term is um, overutilized and uh, and it is and, a myth. And, and yeah, it's definitely mis- misused. Um, no, there is no such thing as tanking in the mm-hmm. NFL. We've already touched on that in previous weeks, um, but. It does make sense if you just pay somebody a bunch of money and you're committed to them long term to make sure that if, if this season, if they feel as if this season is out of hand, if it's, if it's at a loss, right, which it's right on the cusp of that, mm-hmm. um, then it only makes sense to protect your guys, the guys that you know are going to be here, the guys that you know are going to be valuable to you going down the stretch. Um, I don't think that they're doing that, um, but if they were to do that, it would be a strategic move. It would not be a tank move. Rob? Yeah, no, another example of that would be Zach Martin, maybe down yeah. the stretch here. You know, he's, he's going to miss minimum three games on IR with, um, with a calf as well. And the thing with calves are, like, it's one of those soft tissue kind of things that you don't want to mess around with. So, uh, you know, if the Cowboys are mathematically eliminated by the time Zach's eligible to come back, like, if he's not 100%, it makes no sense, like Isaiah said, to, to your best pound-for-pound pound player uh, to put him out there. So we'll see what happens happens there but uh you know it the the whole tank thing it's like you know a discussion coming out of the game 
the other day was, you know, what was their effort level like? And did they, you know, they look like they quit and all that kind of stuff that fans hate. Well, it, what, which one do you want? Yep. You want them to just, yeah. you know, I mean, the, you can't have it both ways. I've been saying that all year. You can't, you can't accuse them of not playing hard and all that kind of stuff and it disgusts you, but then you just want to tank and get a higher draft pick. You can't have it both ways. No, it definitely it definitely is a, a double-edged sword when you talk about the fan base and that whole tanking uh, thought process. And I think it ticked us off when we, you know, a couple of games back when we when people were starting to talk that way. Uh, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I just feel as though that that whole tanking thing is is happening organically. <laughs> we are. It is. It, yeah. it, yes. it is. I mean, you look at our defense and you look at their uh, uh, inability to stop the run and. You talk about, hey, let's, you know, Anthony Brown being uh, on the injury reserve. If I believe if Anthony Brown had played last week, he wouldn't have been, uh, would have been an afterthought in, in that game. So, mm. look, like I said, it's, it's all happening uh, and it's happening organically. You, you may want to check Greg Williams and him going cover zero for the Jets. <laughs> now, that's, now, that's an example of team tank right there. Said he got fired the next day. Exactly. So I don't know. He I thought he would have got a promotion. If that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, lost his. <laughs> but job here's the thing, for Kyle. Like, so organically, he's right. They're down to their fifth and sixth <laughs> offensive tackles. They're playing all kinds of uh, backups this year because they've kind of had to. So you know, I, I do think it's organic. It's like Jerry said on the fan recently. He said, "If we if we earn it, we'll take the high draft pick. If we earn it." They're earning it because of what what they're doing defensively and the struggles they're having. <laughs> it's like, it's not quite histor- it's historic in Cowboys history. It's not quite historic in NFL history, but it's it's downright bad. No doubt about that. Uh, that defense could arguably be historic in terms of NFL history. I think I think that defense would be right up there in terms of some of the top worst terrible defenses that the league has ever seen but I kind of want to go back to to the offensive line and you guys mentioned Zach Martin of course he was out uh against uh Baltimore here on Tuesday but I wanted to kind of talk about the offensive line yesterday and we didn't get to it but I thought the offensive line fared quite well I thought they had one of the better games of the year whenever they didn't have a Zach Martin they didn't even have Cam Irving on the edge I mean you lost both of your tackles and I mean, these guys really kind of stepped up and played well against a a, a very Solid, yeah. heavy front seven. Yeah, no, they played well. They played well. And I, I know most people are going to look at it and say, you know, Calais Campbell was limping around. He's a little gimpy. Okay, uh, but they he still was. had they still had the wolf the wolf on Wall Street as I referred to him, and he had a presence there. And uh, <laughs> they, they still they still have their dudes over there. Um, and our, the offensive line stepped up. They played well, and they allowed Andy Dalton to get in, get in, a, in a rhythm. <laughs> They allow for him to get some swag. They allow for him to to disperse the the ball all, all over the place. Um, you know, I thought they did a really good job. I think right at the end of the game, there they started having a little bit of some cracks come through. But again, we were holding on to the ball a little bit longer than we had been um, in the, earlier in the game because we we're trying to get it downfield. So overall, um, for what they for what we're playing with, um, and you know, what those guys had to do this week against that opponent, they did a heck of a job. Ekma. Yeah, I think they they came into the game with a great strategy called Max Protect Slide Protection. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to do for Andy Dalton in order for him to be upright uh, for most of the game. And you think about it, uh, Andy Dalton was getting those quick passes out fast. It it was dink and dunk and and finding his tight ends. And that's the game that that the Dallas Cowboys have to play because of where we are with our offensive line. I mean, there's a lot, you know, we've... You know, a lot of people are, are pleased with 
with uh, Andy Dalton's performance. Um, obviously, there were a few throws that he did miss. One, I believe, mm-hmm. to Michael Gallup at the back of the end zone. Uh, but still, I mean, I think that we still don't we don't have the full arsenal of our offensive plays at our disposal because of how we're compromised at the offensive line. I saw them do a lot with Blake Bell. The Bell dozer showed up, mm-hmm. uh, not only blocking, but he, I think he had a catch as well. And so you have you, we're going to have to take that with us for the rest of these games if we want you know Andy Dalton to have just a titch of success. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, some of it was what Baltimore was just giving them. I mm-hmm. feel like the way they were kind of playing their safeties, you know, just let the Cowboys try, just try to go down the field and and, uh, and maybe they make a mistake on a long drive kind of a, of a strategy there. But the problem with that is they didn't have any chunk plays in the game. They had one play over 20 yards, and that was late in the yeah. game uh, to Michael Gallup. And, you know, when you combine that with what Baltimore did, one, two, three – Nine plays, I believe, over wow. 20 yards in the game or close to it, and, and four over 30 yards. Like, that's where you're struggling. Uh, I mean, defensively, believe it or not, they had some plays that were okay in the game, but when you give up those giant plays, uh, you, you just don't have much to stand on over the course of a four-quarter game, and that's been a problem all year long. Now, is that indicative of the offensive line, Rob, or is that something specific to play calling from Kellen Moore? Because you can attack underneath against really any defense, and at some point they're going to creep up. Well, Baltimore didn't do that. Uh, Ultimately, they stayed in their game plan over the course of the game, and because of that, there was nothing over the top for this Dallas offense. Is that uh, Where does it start for the Cowboys if you want to fix that and find some more big plays? Because they were really good at it earlier in the year well i i may say it goes back to play action too and like isaiah said get zeke involved a little bit more and uh and try to hit them that way you know if you got your running game really cooking that's where you can take the top off at some point in the game and uh but yeah i mean they also though they have guys that can that can take short intermediate passes and turn them into something cd lamb is one that comes Mm -hmm. first to mind so I, but either way, however you do it, you've got to be able to, with the line like this and the way they're compromised up front, uh, you can't rely on these 12-play, 80-yard drives. You just can't mm-hmm. do it. You've got to get some easy ones every now and then. ECMA? No, I feel the same way. I think that you know, Kellen Moore does, has done a better job of pulling back the game plan. I mean, we were seeing double reverses and triple option plays and things that just didn't. <laughs> you know, what are we going to do with that? And, you know, I think that we, if you want to get Andy Dalton through the rest of the season, you're going to have to max protect. Um, I think what Rob said is right. Uh, you know, you do have those playmakers on your offense that can take a five-yard uh, slant route to the house. But what teams are doing is they're basically, you know, man-to-man zone, keeping safeties high, and bringing guys down in the box to stop the run and daring Andy Dalton to throw the ball long, you know? So I think that's what Baltimore's uh, strength was against us because they have, they had so many good, their defensive backs are, are, are great guys, and, you know, they just didn't have the pass rush either, and I think when you talk about Wolf and Calais Campbell and what they did in pushing the pocket still, the offensive line has some success with just, you know, getting a hat on the hat and big on big. And so I think you progressed in that, and I think you can take that, especially if you're not going to get Irvin or uh, Zach Martin back, that that gives you some positive uh, as far as your running game going into the Cincinnati. 
Yep, I, I mean, I agree. <laughs> I don't really have much else to add to that. I mean, those guys said it. O-line played well. Um, Andy Dalton got the ball out. You know, he, you know, we talked about CD in the pregame show, mm-hmm. and CD got the ball early and often, right? I think he ended up having six catches or so. Um, you know, but but to to what you just said, heck, Baltimore was playing. They're playing soft on a, in the secondary side of things, keeping everything in front of them because they mm-hmm. knew that we couldn't beat them over the top. But they weren't yep. going to have time to do so. Um, you know, we ran the ball well, which is what you expect to do versus a, a heavy, too high safety team, uh, and we just got away from the run. Yep. You know, Zeke was running like Zeke, and unfortunately, we did, we decided to not go back to him. I thought we moved the ball pretty doggone well. We just didn't score enough points. Yeah, didn't score the points, didn't finish drives. Andy Dalton said that after the game. He talked about the fact that not finishing those drives was big. I mean, stalling out right outside the red zone, and it ultimately made the kicks harder for Greg Zerline. He ended up leaving three kicks off the board, so nine points total. And I mean, that's pretty much the difference in the game. You either finish one or two of those drives, or you you, you get one more first down. And you, you trust Greg Zerline to kick more so from inside 50 yards than over 50 yards, and that's kind of what the difference in the ball game ended up being. So when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico, let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati offense versus this Cowboys defense. It's the Penne Sewell Bowl. Loser gets the third overall pick hey. in the NFL draft. Is it Tankathon 2020? We'll talk about it on the other <laughs> side of the break here on Talking Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Cowboys presented by Geico here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. If you have fan questions, 
send them in. I don't know if we're going to get to fans on the 50 this week just because it is a short week and we had a game kind of smack dab in the middle of it. But we will answer some fan questions if you put them in the Periscope stream while I'm looking at it. Before we get into the second segment, though, whether you're listening to music while you work or listening to Talking Cowboys, no Essilor lenses at this moment. That's coming in the next break. Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds lets you experience audio in a whole new way. Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds are the official earbuds of the Dallas Cowboys. Heckma Harrison approves. He has the bows up over yes. the ears as always. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, Isaiah yep. Stanback, and Kyle Yeomans with you here on Talking Cowboys. Chris Beam running it in the back. But guys, talking about the Bengals coming up. It's the uh, one of two teams in the NFL that uh, are one of three teams in the NFL that don't have a record as bad as the Dallas Cowboys. They sit above you right now with the third overall pick in April's 2021 NFL draft. However, how dare them? You lose this game to the Bengals, and all of a sudden you have the third overall pick because they have a tie with the Philadelphia Eagles on their record. But no Joe Burrow, no Joe Mixon. It's just a bunch of average Joes for Cincinnati and the Bengals whenever it comes to the offensive side of the football this week. But, Rob, what have you seen from Cincinnati? I mean, they still have a couple good receivers out there. T. Higgins, who out of Clemson this past year. And then, of course, uh, a couple other guys they could go with, like a Tyler Boyd, who had a 72-yard touchdown catch this week. I've seen an offense that has really, really struggled. So we're going to find out, um, you know, just how bad it gets for the Cowboys defense, to be honest with you. Uh, You know, without Joe Burrow in their lineup at quarterback, they've really struggled the last two and a half games. I think they've got three scores with Brandon Allen at quarterback. Not that he can't make plays, uh, but they haven't been very successful. Um, Joe Mixon, their starting running back, I believe is still going to be out of this game. Mm -hmm. He's still on IR. So it's a uh, Giovanni Bernard show. And, you know, look, they've struggled to run the ball. I think they've had 40 yards total in each of their last two games, both losses. But We'll fix that. <laughs> yeah, heck, like, does, does, that, does that matter? Like, you see that stat and say, oh, well, then uh, it's a big day for the Cowboys defense. They have it. to go out there and show it, show that they can stop that because Giovanni Bernard has been in the league for a few years, and while maybe their offensive line is not productive up front or hasn't been, uh, he's a competent running back. So, um Cowboys got to show they can stop the run against anybody, no matter how much their opponent has struggled, guys. Heckman. <laughs> no, man. He, uh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, he, he must not want to get his stats up. What's going on with you, Joe? Uh, Giovanni Bernard, man, he is, like you said, Rob, he's been in the league for a while, and he's one of those, you know, low-to-the-ground, shifty, bowling ball-style running backs that he can get in behind those tackles and, and get some gas yards. I mean, he kind of reminds me of, of the running back from, um, from the football team. Don't want to say the wrong name. Gibson. Um, Gibson. And yeah, yep. kind of they kind of you know low to the ground short guys that that can you know kind of scatty, uh, but still Giovanni Bernard man has the best mustache in the league. I don't know if you check this guy's mustache out, but he's got the whole wide Earp thing going on right now. <laughs> Never seen a brother with a wide Earp mustache, but Giovanni Bernard got one. Uh, but you know, look, it's just one of those things where you could go into this game saying that look, we have everything to play for, and this is an offense that you're not scared of, and they have had every reason. They have every reason to lay down, right? But 
for some reason, they, they will show up with this average offensive line uh, and give us some problems in the running game. And they still have Samaji Piran, I believe, from Oklahoma, yep. who is definitely uh, a viable option uh, in the running game as well. Uh, but let's not forget about the man, A.J. Green. He's still alive. He's still out there. There's still some uh, ability there. But, you know, they're going to load up with their tight ends, and they're going to run it right at us, man. That's uh, it. Both, both Isaiah and I both looked up and Googled Giovanni Bernard's mustache, and you're right. That thing is fantastic. It's impressive. That's a, I mean, that is a top notch mustache. That is like Captain Crunch Hall of Fame. Oh, oh wow. I'm Captain telling you, have you seen? Yeah. It's really, it's really fantastic. Captain Way Crunch. to go, Gio. Is that your favorite cereal? No, I'm a Cinnamon Toast Crunch type oh, of guy. Okay, myself. I love Captain Crunch. Yeah. I think it's so good. Captain, it messes the roof of your mouth. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, what do you think about this Giovanni Bernard? your lips, it's so good. <laughs> so good when it touched the lips. Uh, what do you think about this Giovanni Bernard-led offense from Cincinnati? Uh, they struggled. I mean, they, they've, they've struggled. I mean, this is going to be a battle royale this week. I mean, this is one of those games where you have two teams that aren't playing very well. I don't want to call any team a bad team. But you got two teams that aren't playing very well. And when those when that, when that, tends, when that collides, when, those, when you have those two masses colliding, usually one comes out looking like a superstar. Right? Usually one comes out looking like a superstar and the other one comes out looking like Pepe Le Pew. So <laughs> we are going to find out which one comes out looking like Pepe Le Pew. Uh, and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it won't be the Cowboys. I mean, these dudes have they have some weapons, but so do we, right? So we're gonna see which team shows up. We're gonna see which offensive coordinator brings the best game plan, and let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, well, and I think one of the game plans of Cincinnati is to uh, do do a couple. Th- uh, how about three words here? Run the ball and. They've had some success whenever Giovanni Bernard runs the football. This is a part of the Big Facts article that will be out later today on DallasCowboys.com. But the Bengals, throughout Bernard's career, are 11-1-1 when Bernard gets 15 carries or more. So if he's able to get the rock and they feed him the rock, that is a team that has a lot of success. And against the Cowboys, Rob, that's what they're going to do because why would you do anything else? Why would you challenge uh, Allen? Why would you challenge to to try and get outside or back behind this defense? Because you know even a veteran running back is going to have some success against this, this run defense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as long as the game is close, right? Because I think, I want to say, he hasn't had more than 30-something yards this year in terms mm-hmm. of rushing in a single game. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I stand corrected. He had 62 against Tennessee. But, but and he, he had more recently. than 15 carries, uh, and they won that game against Tennessee, though. You're right. He was right at 15 carries. Like, but, you know, against the Dolphins last week, uh, 12 for 30. You know, and they fall behind, and, and you know, they've struggled to protect Brandon Allen. So, and actually, he's on the injury report for them this week. Mm. Uh, I think he did practice yesterday mm-hmm. but yeah yeah they, they're gonna want to try to feed the rock why not i mean that's the cowboys biggest weakness by far i was looking up at the cowboys stats uh historically i mentioned historically earlier in the show they are on pace for the worst run defense in team history they are on pace to give up 2685 yards that would surpass the 2000 cowboys 2636 oh. yards oh, no. in 2000. The other two years were their the top 3 currently years of worst run defenses historically. 2000 when they went 5 and 11, one of three straight years of 5 and 11. 1960, okay? First year in team history where they were expansion bad. Yep. <laughs> and and then 1989, 1 and 15. That's what we're dealing with. That's what we're talking about this year in terms of perspective of just how bad 
it's been. They're giving up 167 yards a game, fellas, and the next worst team is Houston at 150. I mean, it's not even close right now Golly. what they're giving up on the ground. And, and that's what happens when you basically have two 300-yard games that you allow. Um, they've got to shore it up. They've got to shore it up, and I don't know at this point, can they? Can, can they consistently shore it up? They haven't shown that they can. I love just hearing Heckma just giggle in the background out of just disgust. Like, uh, that, like it's, a, it's a picture of Rob. It's just the Rob video, and then Heckma's just in the background just giggling because he can't believe it. It's like a laugh track on a, on a comedy <laughs> show, a sitcom. Because, you know, there's, there's, I don't know how Rob does it. He still has hope in his voice, you know? And I, I love that about you, Rob. Do you I? Know? Do I? Yes. You still have that hope, you know? You, you still use words like shore up, you know? And I, I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you say? I mean, it, it, since the expansion, 89, 2000, the, the, the three consecutive five and 11 year. I mean, those were some, some historically bad teams. And we see it again this year. Um, you know, and I know we're talking about Cincinnati, but guys, if you watch that, uh, watch the Ravens game and that long run <laughs> from Lamar Jackson, when he, when he sent his guy in motion and realized that we were in man, his eyes lit up because he knew that was nothing we could do to stop that. And it's gonna, if we continue to play those kinds of defenses, if we continue defensively, guys are just ad-libbing. I mean, that's, you can't tell me Tank Lawrence on that play wasn't supposed to step down with that tackle. You can't tell me that that's the angle that Leighton Van Der Esch is supposed to take. All of those things, I mean, it was a disaster. And so I keep saying, asking the questions to you guys, like, what are we doing? And you could put a lot of it on Mike Nolan. You could call it scheme. But there's no way that he's coaching guys to play like this. There's no way that he's coaching guys in, in the interior of your defense to get dug out like that. Hey, hey, it's just so – it's nasty. So, hey, based, it's nasty. Based off your statement, right? Yo, is it is our pro, yes. uh, is our biggest is our biggest problem the players on defense or is it a defensive coordinator? I mean, with that being said, you have to say it's a combination of both. No, uh, if you want to give a percentage, side. you want to give a percentage. No, you want <laughs> me to give a percentage, I want more, a percentage, and I'm going to have to put it on the coaches. Percentage is fine. I'm going to have to say coaching. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I'm going to say 55-45. You know, coaches with the 55, you know, it, it's, it's got to be something. But there's no way that you coach a scheme like that. I mean, this, this is high school. This is high school. Read option, dog. This is this is nothing. They run. Hey, Kyle, we're going to see that play tonight yep. <laughs> in a high school game. <laughs> Quite a bit. And, and it, it's, there's nothing. You know, and there's there's nothing scheme wise that is uh, uh, above uh, that what you what you've seen before. They are they're trapping guys. They're bringing them in the alley, and you know to step down with that guy to not create uh, an HOV lane. And that's what we're doing. We got HOV <laughs> lanes in our defense, man. And guys are just running through them. You, you, you said you said that Cincinnati have a toe tag though. That's my question. <laughs> yeah. Did they get that toe tag taken yes. care of? Uh, with so kind of going off of what. What Heckman just said, though, and kind of the challenge that that you brought with with coaches or players, 
I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, but how could you say it's coaches whenever the same problems were from last year and it was a completely different <laughs> coaching staff? Because, I mean, that's a legitimate question from a lot of Cowboys fans is why have we not seen a change? Mm-hmm. Is it because it's just the personnel? Is it the players? Stephen Jones on the fan, uh, I believe, yesterday said that he doesn't think it's not the players. He thinks the players are the right guys. You just haven't executed, which wouldn't that put it on the coaches, but it's a different coaching staff, same result as 2019, if not worse. It's a really good question. I think I I have to agree with Heck and say it's a combination of both. It has to be. It absolutely has to be. I think no matter what team it is, it always has to be. But these players, I don't feel as if these players have taken enough responsibility uh, taking it upon themselves to ensure that they get things right. Your coaches can call True. things. Um, your defensive coordinator could call different plays, but you still have the power to change it on the field. Vander Esch and Jalen Smith, whenever you're at middle linebacker, <laughs> you still have the power. Those guys are the quarterbacks on that side of the ball. They can check out of plays. Just like UCIC quarterbacks check out of plays all the time. Yeah. That guy has the power to check out of plays. These defensive linemen and these linebackers and these secondary guys, they all have a choice whether or not to get beat or not. Whether it be lined up in the right gap or not, whether to right, have the right proper the proper technique. Do I be inside leverage on this on this receiver, or do I go outside? Do I go head up? Do I put my hands on them? Do I try to shadow them? So those are aspects that the coaches can't mm-hmm. control, right? Um, but you know, I don't think there's enough be, enough responsibility being taken on either side, and they, they like like you said, they have to sure things up soon. <laughs> Rob, what do you think about that? <laughs> oh no, please no! What's that word? You don't like to shore up? Don't like to shore up? I don't, man. Stop. <laughs> it's too late for shoring up. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. At this point, it's almost Christmas. Look at the tree. We got the trees up. Got the trees um, up. Yeah, no, I, I think um, Stephen's point is well made in that it, it is a lot of the same players from last year. I would say though, you know, we've touched on this before. There were issues last year with gap discipline and gap control and, you know, and, and kind of freelancing and those things. And, and they gave up some big yardage in terms of, of rushing last year. It's just gotten like historically bad this year. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I don't think you can put it all on the players. You got to figure out why, um, you know, the new scheme or whatever you're asking players to do, why they're not responding to it. I mean, that's, that does fall on coaching to a certain extent. It has to. So, um, but you know, I, you know, the, what, I, one of you guys mentioned. I think heck, you mentioned the the early touchdown from Lamar Jackson. Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. said that was a good look. They were in the right defense there. But I think you also can argue, like you said, there have been situations where you know they kind of stubbornly stay in their sub packages when they're facing you know power running team or a two tight end set, and they're kind of overmatched in terms of personnel. So I think you got to look at that stuff too. It's. Uh, I'm with heck, man. It's just it's never it's never one thing, and they've really got to figure this out. If it's not this season, then they got to get in the off season and see how can we get better at this. Because it's it, you know, you're going on a couple years of this, honestly. Where where when they struggle to to stop the run, they're in big trouble. Man, there's so many holes to fill this off season. When you talk about that defense and the secondary and the contracts, who you bring it back, who you're not bringing back. I mean, you're gonna have to go out and find like six starters. <laughs> I mean, if we're being real, I mean, you're going to have to go out and find guys to come in and immediately make an impact on that defense because I think the offense is going to be just fine in 2021. I really do. And we're going to talk about that offense when we come back on the other side of the break. Continuing on here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. 
We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's the final segment here of Talking Cowboys on this Cowboys Thursday. Okay, Isaiah, are you ready? I stay ready. Are you ready? Presented by Geico, by the way, Talking <laughs> Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home mm. or you're cheering in the stands, with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Our friends over at Essilor doing a fantastic job uh, all year long and sponsoring us here on Talking Cowboys. We cannot thank them enough and cannot thank you enough for just yeah. Yeah, I mean, bringing I mean, out the goggles. I mean, I definitely had on my Essilors when I projected the 34-17 loss, and oh. you apparently had on Essilors mm-hmm. when you projected Ezekiel Elliott um, had coming up on an injury report. And Rob so. had his Essilors on when he was picking out the Christmas tree, and Heckman did not Dang have it. the Essilors on Dang it. whenever he was picking wow. out wow. the Christmas tree. How dare trial. you go against our sponsor? There it is again, You need Heck. some. <laughs> you guys are... <laughs> 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 Don't dog my tree, okay? It's a good Do tree. Do not dog my tree. It's a good tree. I like your tree. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I just want to see what you come back with on Monday. <laughs> just have the big old tree. Take up the, the whole screen. It's going to be like the, the Griswold tree. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and, and and you know, and you know, I'm coming back Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Should be fun. Uh, Heckman Harrison, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Final segment here, and I mentioned the offense. And, and how they're going to fare against Cincinnati. And we'll talk about it more tomorrow. But let's talk about Andy Dalton a little bit here. Because we talked earlier, Isaiah mentioned how Andy Dalton kind of found a bit of a rhythm. He was able to manage the game quite well through it to eight different receivers in the ball game, all of which uh, had a reception in the first half of it. But 
Whenever it comes to, to finding all four quarters, I don't know if we've necessarily seen that from both Andy Dalton and our offensive coordinator, Kellen Morcus. Like we talked about, they kind of went away from the run game. But now that you're going up against a team that seemingly has an inferior defense and has not had as much success on the defensive side of the football, Isaiah, do you feel like there's a chance and there's a little bit more confidence here for this offense moving into the week against Cincy? I think Andy Dalton's going into this game trying to have the game of his life. I mean, it's against his team. It's against his former team. I mean, so if you can imagine somebody leaving a team, leaving an organization that you know wanted to replace you, uh, they drafted a number one pick to get you up out of there, Mm -hmm. I'm going out and I'm showing my tail off. Right, and I think we saw a little bit of that swag this past week, and I can only imagine his mindset right now going going back to Cincinnati. He, this might be the best Andy Dalton we've ever seen potentially uh, against a bad defense against his old organization um, that he spent his whole career with. So I'm expecting amazing things from him, and I think the continuity between him and the receivers. I think we saw that this past week on display starting to happen. Uh, starting to happen. So if our, if our offensive line can protect, which I don't see any reason why they can't, because Cincinnati's best defensive lineman, you know, Geno's not doing a doggone thing seemingly um i think we'll be all right rob yeah for sure that's the first thing you know andy he's such a nice guy and he and he you know he's never going to give you an explosive soundbite and he didn't but he was asked about you know after the ravens game he was asked about going back to cincinnati and he said i knew this one was on the schedule so i i mean that's the for andy like that's probably the closest thing you'll ever hear of like i had this thing circled you know Mm -hmm. because i'm sure he did I'm sure he did. You know, uh, like Isaiah said, I mean, he's he was their franchise for almost 10 years. Um, you know, they, they struggled last year. They went in a different direction. He got granted his release, and he never imagined he would play this much. But here he is with an opportunity to at least try to get his new team back on some kind of a track here. Uh, and I think he's building. That was his best performance of the season. I really, yeah, I really Absolutely. think that. Uh, it, it, it didn't translate to points, obviously, enough points. But uh, he just looks like he's in a better rhythm with his wide receivers. And if they can give him protection, uh, and like you guys said, I mean, if you can, if you can try to establish some balance here, I think he's going to have – he's got a chance to, to really show out against his Light old team. Up, yep. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh gosh! Oh geez! Oh nope. no! Oh, what's Uh-oh. happening, Hackman? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay, guys. So, you know, Andy, Andy, Andy what, are you, what are you laughing Andy at? <laughs> I just, you know, Andy, Andy drove the bus. Andy drove the bus last year for Cincinnati to a number one draft pick, right? Mm. Yeah, he did. So, <laughs> they did. So, <laughs> Andy, drive the bus for us this year oh. <laughs> to this organic tanking wow. that we got going on. I mean, you guys, you guys are talking about the game of his life or as though Cincinnati <laughs> didn't give Andy Dalton the opportunity and the platform to be the player that he is. Multiple contracts. I mean, they named this, wanted to name the city after the man. And so now he has a chip on his shoulder to go back to Cincinnati and yeah. have the game of his life. Yeah. Wow. You guys are amazing, yeah. dude. Hey, well, you don't think okay. that, you don't think well, that he I'm has revenge for on his mind? Dez, 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 Dez had revenge on his mind this week before what? getting pulled off the field. Man, you know, I think a Des Bryant situation, I think that would be completely I want to get some get back for the way that I got out of Dallas, right? That's and the, same the way thing. that my my 
It's my, the same wait a minute, thing. my career, how my career is going. But if you're the franchise, you're the face of the franchise for 10 years, and it, the writing is on the wall that your career and you are not the quarterback that you were. And oh, by the way, you lead us to the number one pick in a year that wait, you were not hurt or anything like that. You were benched for a, a come on, man. I mean, I get it. I get it. We got, we need something to talk about. Revenge is key. Andy's going back to the to Cincinnati, and he's going to have the game of his life. Hey, hey, he's hey, just hey, not let me here. Ask, for hey, the, let me ask you this question: does, does Andy Dalton throw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns this game? No. I'll oh, make a difference. I feel like we have a friend, friendly little bet coming yeah, on here on different. Talking Cowboys. What what are we and saying? No. Wager in here? Friendly bets. How about we wage a tree? Oh. <laughs> oh. If he doesn't get 300 yards, if, if he doesn't get 300 yards and three touchdowns, I will buy you a tree to put in your back behind you in your backdrop. How big of a tree are we talking? Are we talking, I'm talking like about a four a tree and a half that, foot? I'm talking, talking about like a tree a... That, that that will cover up his bow's quiet comforts. Okay, that's how big of a tree. I don't hey, think bows are like that, but listen. I appreciate that because that's going to put me in the Chris Bean stratosphere that have a tri- Christmas tree in every room. So, Ooh. yeah, Ooh. give me a big yeah. tree. I can't wait to get okay. my tree. Well, so I have does a tree right there. Give you a tree for your background if he loses, though? No. What would if it, he loses? Because we could put a tree in your background, too, and we would all have the festive spirit in, in the room. I don't know. What, what just rub it into action. Can, can we ask the fans yeah. what yeah, it should be? Can we ask the fans right now? Yeah, no, sure. it's a tree. Oh, no, don't you ask the fans. fans on Periscope, what do you think the equivalent you know, pay should be for Heckma? Should he lose so his So you bet? don't want a tree is what you're saying? No, I don't need a tree. Oh, okay. I got a tree. Okay. No, just letting you know, I have I mean, one tree at my house. Just letting you all know. Oh, Chris is probably no, he has a tree He's in got every one tree. tree. At my house. He's just got multiple <laughs> Emmys. That's all it is. Don't so be it's, it's, it's the gold and the Emmys. <laughs> now, that the outside you. looks like the Griswold. See, yeah. but we see if he just sounded like he was straight Jamaican. I got one tree. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Oh, okay, man. so so here's, here's the bet. and This isn't finalized yet. It will be finalized tomorrow. So if Andy Dalton throws for at least 300 yards and three, three touchdowns, touchdowns, Isaiah will get something from Heck. The fans get to decide this. Mm-hmm. So the fans are going to say yes. something, and we're going to kind of tweet at us. Yes. At I am Standback, Rob Phillips 3. We mm-hmm. got Heckma underscore Harrison and Kyle underscore nervous. Yeomans. He so nervous. he does look a little bit nervous. So mm. fans, tell us what <laughs> Heckma would have to get Isaiah. would have to get Isaiah. And then if Isaiah loses <laughs> the bet and, a, and Andy Dalton goes underneath 300 yeah, yards three. and three touchdowns, You've got to buy Heckma a tree, a big time tree, Freaking big old tree, big old tree. Yeah, you won't, even, like you won't even need your SLRs to see and, this dog. Oh tree. my goodness, that's saying. that's saying something. That's saying something. That's that's a tough. Bet, I can't though. wait to get my tree. What do you think, Rob? I can't what, wait what, to what's get your take tree. on it, Rob? I know you're not a part of this bet, but what's, what's your what's your take on this? I think he's going to play well. I think the stats are are lofty. Loft. I mean, he did. He did just throw for two eighty-five yeah. and two touchdowns with a with You're a right. high cover two se- uh, safety defense. You're right. Although I will say, Cincinnati has given up twenty, nineteen, and nineteen in the last three games. Now they've lost them all. They've lost them all because they can't score any points offensively. But they've done. They've been a little stingy. They've been mm-hmm. a little stingy. I'm very. I'm very interested. To see I am how too. This works mm. out. I think it's a good bet because <laughs> it, it's going to take a good amount from Andy Dalton. Like it's going to have to take a good game mm-hmm. from Andy Dalton for Isaiah to win this bet. But 
it's possible because it's Cincinnati, and like like he said, like there's a little bit of revenge on the mind, even though Heckman doesn't Don't believe in that sort back. of thing. But it's it's definitely. I think season. this is a good bet. I like this. I like this a lot. I think this this could be a lot of fun. But that's going to do it here for us on Talking Cowboys. Send us what Heckma would have to buy Isaiah on Twitter. Please let us know, and we'll get this bet finalized. We'll update you tomorrow on the great bet of 2020. For Heckma Harrison, for Rob Phillips, for Isaiah Stanback, and multiple tree Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. This has been a production of Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!